welcome to the Property Pod. My name's Libby, and today I'm joined by Nathan and Dave from Suffolk Building Society, and we're going to discuss um, how to save your first mortgage deposit in today's episode. So, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. Hi, Thank Libby. You. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Um, so, tell me a bit about uh, Suffolk Building Society. So, the society's actually been in existence since 1849, so a long time, although we've had a few different names during that time. Uh, we may be best known as our previous name, which was Ipswich Building Society. And we changed our name in November of last year. So in terms of what we do, we offer savings accounts to uh, people resident in Suffolk and surrounding counties, and we offer mortgages nationwide. So we have nine branches throughout Suffolk, from Halesworth in the east to Haverhill in the west. Uh, And as a mutual society, uh, as a mutual building society, we're a little bit different to a bank. So banks would have shareholders. As a building society, we're owned by our members, and we exist to benefit our members. Okay, cool. Thanks. And how can people know if they can realistically afford to buy their first home? And what's the first thing that they should do? This is a really good question. I think the first thing anyone should do is really do their research. So um, it'd be great to have an understanding of sort of their desired location, the property values for that area. Um, I would definitely recommend going and getting um, an agreement in principle or going to see a mortgage broker to actually find out how much uh, a building society or bank would lend to you because then it will hopefully um, align to what you want to buy in that desired area. Um, Typically, uh, banks and building societies lend um, based on four and a half to five and a half times your salary. Mm -hmm. So it's just be good to have that understanding of this is how much you could borrow, and then that can set how much of a deposit you would need, uh, and is the deposit and the amount you can borrow enough to buy the house in the desired area. Yeah, definitely. It all makes a difference, I guess, like how much you're earning and all of that. Yeah, so it's good to know. Yeah, definitely. And um, in your opinion, is there a best type of savings account for first-time buyers? Yeah, so there's a few different options of savings accounts. Uh, One option is the lifetime ISA. So this is an account that allows you to save up to £4,000 a year. Uh, And the great benefit here is that the government will provide a 25% bonus to your savings up to £1,000 a year. Um, So you can really be benefiting off that 25% bonus. Uh, it should be noted that the lifetime ISA it has to be used to purchase your first house or uh, can be used towards retirement, and you have to hold it for 12 months to benefit from that 25% bonus. But there are other options as well, if you've maybe already got a lifetime ISA or if you can't have one for whatever reason. Uh, so there's other savings accounts with less restrictions but without the 25% government bonus. So regular savings accounts are beneficial if... As the name suggests, you want to save some money regularly. So come payday, if you want to set up a standing order and put some money aside, a regular saver could be a good option for you there. And generally, uh, you can access money in there at any time. It doesn't have the restrictions, and it can be used for any purpose, not necessarily to purchase a house. Alternatively, if you've got a lump sum, so if you're already um, in progress in terms of saving towards your deposit, and you've got a lump sum that you're happy not accessing for a certain period of time, then you can look at a fixed-term bond, which will generally offer you a better rate of interest, but you won't be able to access your funds, but that is also worth looking at. Yeah. And uh, what's the minimum amount that you um, need to save for a house as a first-time buyer? Um, So generally, it is 5% of the property value. Um, So if you're looking at, for every £100,000 you're looking to borrow, you would need to put £5,000 of your own money into into the kitty. Um, In regards to... Having a 5% deposit isn't always the best way. Everyone thinks, oh, it's only 5%, so I can put in the minimum amount. But actually, by putting in just 5%, it could actually increase how much you pay over the term of the mortgage Mm -hmm. because your risk is higher because you've got a smaller amount of money that you've put in yourself. 
um, and the interest rate will typically be higher. So you'll be paying quite a substantial amount more. Um, it'd be worth looking, even if you were able to, to save 7%, and you might be able to get into the next bracket of, of the loan to value, which means that it could reduce your interest rates, your offered, and save you money in the longer term. Oh, that's really good to know. And uh, what are your top tips for saving for a deposit quickly? Well, in terms of saving for a deposit, it's helpful to understand what you're capable of saving. So we'd suggest uh, starting with a budget planner. So you can then see what your income is every month compared to what your expenditure is every month. And once you've done that, you might be able to understand how much you can afford to save on a monthly basis. As part of that, um, when you're looking at your expenditures, you can see if you've got any expenditures that are not necessary. So maybe ones that you could pay off or ones that you could just cancel altogether and allow you to save a bit more money. So, for example, car finance or gym membership. Also, in terms of saving for deposit, um, about a third of people are actually assisted by family. It could be um, a gift from family or it could be inheritance. So quite often your family will help you towards a deposit. In terms of saving quickly, there's always the option of staying at home with mum and dad. And that would, of course, allow you to um, be saving money instead of paying out in rent. Uh, and really any lifestyle changes. So just looking at any of your leisure activities and where you do your shopping and how often you spend money in the shops, that's all going to help you to save money a bit quicker. And do you have any advice for people that are single and looking to save for their mortgage deposit? So really, I think it's following um, the steps that Nathan just put out. I think the only additional one um, as a single person would be is that you might uh, have more availability to pick up additional work. So if you don't have kids or you're not you know, um, going for weekends away with a partner, um, if you can pick up extra hours at, at the weekend or overtime or pick up a second job, any additional income on top of your own income is definitely going to help you save towards uh, property, mm. deposit for a pro property. Okay, great. And what other costs should people factor into their savings plan, do you think? Yeah, well, it's an important point because it's not just the cost of buying the home and saving towards, towards a deposit. So there are other costs that you're going to incur. Um, so these could be legal fees and removals, or it could be that when you finally purchase the property, there's work that's needed on the property. So uh, you're going to have to factor that in, and it's worth keeping some money aside. Um, it's also worth remembering stamp duty. So stamp duty is applicable on a lot of property purchases. <clears throat> it's not applicable if you're buying your first home and the purchase price is under 250000 but it will be applicable on all other purchases, and that can add several thousand to the um, to the costs. Mm -mm. It's important to think about because, like, even for me, even if I'm like saving for holiday, just thinking about like the extra costs, and you don't even think about that. So, for, like, from a practical perspective, it's good to have advice and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, how much should people save for these additional costs? Do you think? Well, in terms of gaining an exact figure, it's best to um, do some research. So. It's difficult to put a figure on it, but it could reach several thousand. But once you've spoken to a solicitor and understood what their uh, fee would be, once you've spoken to a removal company, uh, maybe once you've had a valuation, uh, sorry, a survey on your property, and you can understand any work that you might have done, then you can add all of those costs up. But it would probably add up to several thousand pounds. So you are going to have to remember that when you are looking to move house, you are going to have to have several thousand pounds in reserve. Okay, that's great. Thanks so much for coming on today's episode. And for all you guys at home, if you did enjoy this episode, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Bye.